Welcome to the Write It Down Podcast at Home Edition. I'm your host, Brooke Murata, bringing you one-on-one interviews to challenge, inspire, and encourage. Up next, we have the CEO and co-founder of Cali Strong, Jim Strasser, joining us today. Super pumped because I already had his socks before we even got connected. Crazy, crazy small world. You'll have to listen to the episode to hear a little bit more about that. Jim is absolutely impressive. His resume runs deep, but more than that, he is a man filled with humility and simple joy. And I absolutely love his generous heart, and I love his write it down. I know you will too. Sit back, relax, and get your pens ready because this is Write It Down. Welcome to the Write It Down podcast. I'm your host, Brooke Murata, on the mic with Jim Strasser. Jim, thank you so much for joining us. It is uh, our pleasure to join today. It's uh, love seeing you. I'm so excited. A little bit before our we hit record, we got to get to know each other a little bit. And it just so happens I have some of your merch from Cali Strong. It's crazy. I love We're- it. I can't believe it. Um, when I was told I was having the CEO and co-founder of Cali Strong, I was like, I know that name. I know that name. I know that name. And I'm like, I have their socks. So it's so cool to be connected um, to you in different ways. Um, I was at your tent at Marcus Allen's tournament this last summer. And then um, Andre and Teresa um, connected us. So I'm super pumped. You have quite the resume. Um, You have quite a lot of success that has followed you in each chapter of your life. So I want to go ahead and tap in a little bit into just your um, entrepreneurial skills, how you've grown brands, and ultimately what started that passion in you? You know, really, it's always just about being around good people. We were talking a little bit about that. And I've been fortunate to be around some great people in my life. And, you you know, you have to have people that inspire you. So, you know, whether it's your partners or people that you work with, uh, you have to have people that that inspire you. And I always felt like, you know, in the sports business, I never felt like I would work a day in my life. And it really does feel like that. There's problems, there's headaches, don't get me wrong. You always have stuff that goes on. But uh, at the end of the day, I never felt like uh, working in the sports industry was was a, a hard day of work. And mm-hmm. so that's what I want to do. It's like, you, know, you find your passion and find what you love to do. And I recommend that to, to everyone. Yeah. Well, I see too, that you got your, you got your start um, in Arizona at the University of Arizona, and then you move more into this retail and merchandising aspect it's yeah there was sports involved but really like what makes you go oh i want to go into managing and retail well at the end of the day i grew up in nebraska and then i went to grad school to be a, a teacher coach down in in arizona and when i got out of school i i was very talented at uh at sales and marketing different things i always worked in in stores i worked in business and i had a number of experiences that people just said you know you need to be in the business side not just the the sports side and i said well if i could combine sports and business it would be a, an unbelievable situation and so that's really what i focused on i started entry level uh working as what they call a tech rep which is like a promotional tech rep sales rep for new balance and the rest became history I was working through the wholesale side. So I, I went from, you know, entry level to sales rep, to sales manager, to, you know, VP of sales, to CEO and president of brands. And I was just with incredible companies, incredible people. And at some point uh, we decided to become entrepreneur, which is a whole different path. It's like climbing the mountain in a completely different way. Yeah. And it's like, go up the backside because it's a bigger challenge. And just because of life circumstances, it, it happened. And uh, at some point you get to the top of the mountain and you go, okay, is, is this all there is? And you're working with partners that you may or may not 
be in, aligned with. And so I looked at it at some point and said, hey, why don't we just start our own brand and control our own destiny? You know, even though I was an owner partner of like Converse and Pony and we did extremely well, you still have other partners that you have to deal with. And it's, right. if you're not partner you, you have to fall in line you know no matter what we always work with somebody and so when my partner jennifer echeverry and i started talking about starting a brand uh we just thought we wanted to control our own destiny and that's really what got us off into being a direct-to-consumer brand and and you realize i sold uh brands to retailers and i didn't realize how hard the retail business was but i knew it was a competitive advantage for our brand cali strong to go direct to consumer because that's you know you have internet and you have uh, social media you're able to do that so you're able to tell your story direct to consumer and it was important for us to open up stores and so that puts us on the retail side which is a very difficult business because you have to deal with all the the, the good and the bad of the people that walk in your stores uh, it's a tremendous thing because you can talk directly to them, but it's uh, it's a, it's hard work and you have to find good people that can help you tell that story. Right. Uh, but plan on being a retailer. Trust me, I was not going to start my own brand when I was you know 25 years old and uh, surely wouldn't have started a brand that had retail stores. Yeah, it, it was the best circumstance at the time. Yeah. So you uh, mentioned um, being with Converse, right? And so you sold Converse to Nike. You were a part of that transaction. Was that, did you use any of the connections that you had because you worked with Nike in the nineties? Was there like, oh, you tapped into that in order to sell it? Or was it just kind of a full circle moment? Like how did this just happen? Oh, you'll love this story though. So uh, Nike's very controlling company. Nike's the best in our industry. They're very controlling. And I always wanted to work there because I need, I need to learn how everything worked. And I worked there about four years and moved up through the ranks. And, you know, you move around a lot. You take, you take different positions. And when you leave, I went to Oakley. as so I was running all sales for Oakley. And Nike sued me for a non-compete. And so you'll see it on public record. Nike sues Jim Strasser, which is kind of crazy. It was a friend uh, that was running it, a guy from Arizona, actually. And I'm like, dang, okay, this is kind of a headache. And so what they're trying to do is make you sit out because you're going to a competitor and the next time i see anyone from nike i'm uh one of the partners at converse and the partners come in the nike people come in to buy converse so that was i did and really there was no direct connection but it was kind of amazing because like tom clark was the former president of nike and he was there when i was in involved with nike and the next time i see him he's coming in to buy to buy uh converse and of course you don't bring it up you just kind of like whatever it's yeah, water yeah, yeah. but right. it's kind of pressing full circle moment and so how that really came about was Nike is notorious for looking at brands and not buying them. So they looked at buy, buying Oakley at one time. That's why the two owners, uh, Phil Knight and, and uh, Jim Gennard, do not like each other because they were best friends. And then he tried to come in and buy Nike or buy Oakley. So they look at everything and then they decide, oh, let's do it ourselves rather than buy the company. They, they, they've done that a number of times. Mm. And I talk to my partners at Converse and I go, says Nike wants to buy it, that could be interesting because you know they will you know learn everything about us and then they won't come through. And my partner Marty Kaysen, who's one of my mentors, just goes, Jim, he goes, Phil's already approved it and they've got three weeks to close, otherwise we're going public. And they literally close that thing in three weeks, which I was like, wow, that was that was moving very fast for Nike because a lot of times decisions don't happen that quickly, but they really wanted the brand. And we were a really good company for them to buy. So it was a great sale for us. It was a great buy for them. And it's kind of a win-win deal. And so, you know, we bought it for $98 million. 
and we sold it for 305 two and a half years later. So it was like merger and acquisition of the year. And our investors were thrilled because they all made a lot of money from the deal. But the important thing is the company was fixed. Every part of that company was turned around because it was a disaster when we got there. But it was a great brand. It just everything needed to be fixed. I'm talking every single aspect of a company that needed to be fixed, needed to be fixed. It included a lot of people and operations, computers, product, marketing, positioning, everything. Yeah. And then when we got off to Nike, it was already a solid company. All they had to do was just keep putting money behind it and, and fueling it. And right. that's what they really haven't uh, done anything bad with the brand. They just kept it rolling because it was already fixed. And yeah. see, Nike companies that tried to buy it out of bankruptcy, and they're not the company that would have been great to buy it out of bankruptcy because it's a different mindset. You know, when you're, you know, taking over a brand, it was probably the most intense time in my life because everybody is looking at you like, okay, what are you going to do with this thing? And, and we made a lot of changes. You know, we literally let all the people go. And the reason why we were able to do that, we did an asset purchase. So we didn't have to take any employees. We didn't have to take anything other than the brand and the, and the inventory. And so we, we let most of the people go including the whole sales force. And so my phone never rang off the hook more in my life. I can only imagine. Yeah. Retail calling every, you know, rep calling and people looking for jobs, people mad that they're not going to have a job. And it was a pretty uh, harrowing situation, but it was actually the best thing we ever did because it changed our personality, changed the dynamic of the brand. And the next thing you know, we were up and running and it's, it was a huge success story. Yeah. So you really had to do like a facelift, like very much almost like, and I'm in real estate. So like when you think about like purchasing something and then literally revamping it, like you had to do that with Converse before it was something that was really, I don't want to say notable because it is a notable without that, but something worthy of that price tag. Um, and so that that's a huge, huge endeavor and task. But then you fast forward, like you said, into more of an entrepreneurial mindset, you know, years down the road with Cali Strong. So what really birthed Cali Strong in your mind before you actually put boots on the ground? Well, you know, it's interesting because I always felt like I was an entrepreneurial spirit in a corporate environment. Okay. And, and all I mean by that is, you know, when we take over a Converse, we were about a hundred million dollar business. The nice thing is you actually have some assets. So you have people and you have things in place that you can build on. And I happen to be really good at taking brands from like a hundred million to 300 million. I did it there. I did Oakley. We went from 200 to 400. It, it, those are, those are easy situations, but difficult at the same time. Uh, being an entrepreneur means you start from scratch. So it's a lot different, but it already, I already had that mentality of how to come in and fix things. And when, when I say fix things, you have to usually redo product. You have to redo people. You have to redo direction. You have to redo branding. Just all the little things that, that make a brand work. And But as an entrepreneur, you're doing it from scratch. And, but it, we wanted to. We actually looked around at buying some brands, which it's easier to start with a brand than start from scratch. Right. And we didn't see anything that we really wanted. We were like, you know what? Let's control our own destiny. Let's just start it from scratch. And I'll be honest with you, it's, it's a huge task. I don't know if I would do it over again because it, things happen at the time. And you're like, okay, I think it sounds good. Let's do this. And then when I look back at the amount of work that's been put into it, I don't know if you would go back and do it again, but it's a great experience, meaning right. I'm proud of it. I'm happy that we've done it. I'm glad that your story, right. glad the age is behind us because yeah. that's but that's also the, the fun and exciting part is, you know, you're literally creating it from scratch. It's kind of like creating a baby, you know, and, and that's kind of, you know, with Jen and I, we, we talk 20 times a day and back and forth about everything. 
in our company, obviously. And then we're still, in, we're involved in a, in a relationship too. So it's kind of an interesting dynamic Yeah, we're yeah. all the time because that brand is like your kid. And so you're always tweaking it. You're always talking about product and, and, you know, people and what direction you want to go to, but that's kind of the fun part of it too, is you can take it wherever you want. And we just knew that we could create a brand that was different than all the big guys out there. And our brand, the main focus, we give back. And there's not a, we didn't talk about this type of things that we do in the big companies. We're talking about give back. That's what everybody's about today. What is your sustainability? And most importantly, what's your give back? What do you stand for? And so, you know, we, we have stores, 10 stores in the military bases. So, of course, we have to give back to the military families. And we do that a lot. And we, we also give back to kids organizations that stand for positive values. And so we do it mostly through our athletes. So like Andre Reed, one of our partners, he's the national chairman of Boys and Girls Club of America. So, of course, we give back to Andre to, to you know, we give back to the Boys and Girls Club through Andre or Bill Walton's a partner. And we give back to Challenge Athletes Foundation through Bill or, you know, Norman Powell. We give back to inner city San Diego and East, East San Diego. And we do it through Norman Powell and his foundation, Understand the Grind. So we, we do a lot of it through uh, our athlete friends. And it really makes sense for us, but it connects us to the community and it's really why we why we do it. We want to give back. Jen doesn't need to work. She just loves doing this because we do give back. That's yeah. been her hot button from day one. It's like, what are we going to do to give back and kind of make the world a better place? And right. it sounds corny, but it's like, the, you know, why not? And it's right. like it's just about, you know, selling more stuff. It's about selling more stuff with a purpose. And when you do that, I think people respond to it. And and it's interesting that you have our our product in Florida. I, I know. You, crazy story because you know you think you're you, you know we're a we're really we're a small company with a really big footprint because a lot of people know us. And we had a guy walk in our store, and he was obviously from uh, France. He spoke with a, a real serious accent. And he brought in his beautiful family, two kids, and his wife. And he comes in and he says he knows Callie Strong. And of course, I'm sitting there going, okay, like probably not, but I'm going with this, right? And he goes, no, he goes, I really do know your brand. And he goes, I'm a, I'm a pilot in the French military. And all the Navy pilots would come over from San Diego and they would always wear your gear. And he goes, so the first thing I had to do when I got to San Diego, he's, I'm stationed here for a year to train with the pilots. He goes, first thing is I brought my family to your store, your flagship store. And I'm just like, are you kidding me? You know, it's wow. like, talk about impact. I brought over Jen. I got JD. I talked to this guy. Of course, she's got the video going, the whole thing. And it's like, so you never know where your brand goes. And that's kind of the fun part about it when you're building your own brand. Cause literally I know if somebody has our product, like you have your, there's a connection to someone we know and, and you know exactly where it's from. Now, when you, when you run a bigger company, you're, you know, billion dollars or whatever, even two, 300 million, you're not sure where that product came from because it comes from a lot of different places and where we can, we pretty much know if you bought it online, you've been to one of our events, you've been to our flagship store, you're probably in the military. And so, you know, our connection was, you know, Marcus Allen and, and, and Andre Reed, the Hall of Famers. And so you have a pair of our socks in Florida. It's pretty cool. I know it's cool. And I bet you that story was so heartwarming to you to hear that about the, the French pilot. And I think that's when those little moments in your life, like, I call them like God winks, like where there's things in your life that you're like, oh my goodness, that was so special to me and why I do what I do. So it kind of gets you back to that main focus of like, why did I start this in the first place? Oh yeah, 
it was impact. It's to impact others. It's to give back. It is better to give than receive. And so when stories like that, hey, I know like even if I hear like a random person listens to my podcast, I'm like, really? Thank you. Like, I mean, I'm I'm just so honored. And to, to know that there are people that are um just invested in what you're what you're doing and what your um your heartbeat and, and your mission is. We're gonna take a quick break to discuss Write It Down's brand new website. You can head over to widpod.com, W-I-D-P-O-D.com and see all the goods. You'll notice a banner at the top of the page that says learn more. If you click that link, it'll show you how you can support Write It Down. P.S. My favorite part about the website is the Wid Wall, which is a collection of all the Write It Downs from the show. This podcast is made possible by the 1513 Network. So show the network some love and support by listening to their other shows. If not, just stick with Write It Down because I'm the coolest, the realest, the illest. Now, back to the show. Do you ever have plans, I should say, um, to bring Callie Strong outside of the San Diego area with stores? You know, we get that asked all the time. I'm sure. Uh, we, we, we sell people all around the world because we have military people that come and go in and out of San Diego. We have uh, a brand flagship store that ties into tourism and, and our uh, uh, people that come to San Diego to, to visit. We're in one of the highest tourist areas in San Diego. And so we get people from all over the world that buy our products. But we don't really have the same plan to take our brand there, if you okay. will. Mm-hmm. We could open up more stores. We could open up 5, 10, 15, 20 in California alone and never really saturate the marketplace. So our focus is very California-centric. We're all about the California athlete. Uh, but if we sold the company to someone, they would roll it out, obviously wider. Uh, we just don't have any plans to take it outside Although we sell a lot of people outside of California. Yeah, no, I hear you. And but not necessarily like like you're saying with that brick and mortar like you would. And plus, I mean, the brand is Cali strong, not Florida strong. Not I mean, not that nobody could wear it in Florida or France, but it is nice to keep it kind of close to home and close to like your your humble beginnings of where you started. So where would you what where would you like to see Cali strong go next? What's like a bucket list item for you? We're growing the brand every day, and uh, and we have amazing people involved with us. I mean, it's like if you really look at our company, it's like, oh my gosh, we make products that no no other brand makes it. Even though we're a small entity, you know, we're female owned. My partner's a majority owner, and so that's obviously a good asset in today's market. We have phenomenal partners with us. A lot of athlete partners, a lot of uh, military partners that we get involved with our community, if you will, and they become part of our family. And so we have plans to take this brand out to go compete with the biggest guys out there. At the same time, our competitive advantage is, is we're, we're all about California and we're all about uh, giving back. So we do things a little different, but we have products that, you know, like these interchangeable patch hats have been phenomenal for us. I don't know if we, we have to get you some of those. So yes. uh, we have reversible bucket hats with patches that nobody's ever seen before. So when we take those out, people go crazy for our product we do a a glow-in-the-dark technology on our shirts that turns blue we're the only company that makes that technology so we like doing new and different things that no other companies do no other competitors do but i'm crazy enough to think that we can go competing against the billion dollar players and but i know that work that's where i came from and so i built this brand to go compete against the big guys in it with a different model and that model is direct to consumer uh, that different model is that we're we're a give back company and that, you know, we're involved with our, our all of the people that I mentioned in our company, they're involved with us. And it was yeah. the same thing 
at Converse. Every person in the company was an owner in the brand, including any secretary. You know, from the highest level to the lowest level, everybody owned a piece of Converse when we when we had that brand. And so when we sold it to Nike, uh, everyone got paid. Everybody got paid a certain level. And we do the same thing here at Cali Strong. So it's it's like a family. It's like a community. And and uh, but our plan is to take this out and grow it to uh, as high as we can take it. Uh, obviously, uh, it always takes money and fuel behind it. That's really you know when you see brands growing a lot when they're opening up multiple stores. There's usually money that's been put into that. And we're at a point now. We've been we have a few friends and partners uh, in the company, but we've been doing a lot of it ourselves. And we have to make that that decision. You know, what are the next growth steps? And right. obviously. We'll some money to take it out a little broader but we could do we'll focus more on california and you know it's just it's now i think the fourth the uh, largest economy in the world is california and so we love people all over the country but they buy our products online or in our stores but for us to roll out our stores it would be mostly in california okay I love that. So you also go to a lot of events and you're involved with different foundations and events. And I know you probably can't pick your favorite, but what is one of the events that you look forward to the most each year? Well, we really like Charlie Hoffman's tournament. All the other guys are going to get bad at me for that one, but Charlie Hoffman's tournament is off the hook. And really? So a player and they've been doing it for years. They raise a lot of money and they have, they have phenomenal events and we meet great people there. So we, we have a lot of fun there. So Jen and I, you know, we usually go to all those events, but you know, Charlie Hoffman's a great one. Marcus Allen's tournament's phenomenal. Uh, Andre Reed, uh, Ray Lewis, even we did his tourney up in Orange County. And then uh, we're putting on our own, we do a lot of our own events too. So we have inter interactive games in our stores. And uh, so we do, it's, it's something that nobody else has done. It's called retailtainment. I'll get into that in a minute, but I love that an event called, uh, you know, the Cali strong games. And we did it a couple of years ago before the pandemic. And now we're doing it this year and it's going to be a celebrity cornhole and pickleball tournament. But we partnered up with Norman Powell's found, uh, understand the grind foundation. And so it's going to be a really cool event. So now that's going to be my favorite event. This summer, oh so. yeah. That sounds so <laughs> fun. You will love it. It's, it's celebrity cornhole. Everybody's into that. And then because of popular demand, we're actually going to do a pickleball exhibition and next year <laughs> full on pickleball tournament. So uh, it's going to be a who's who there. And a lot of uh, the current Clippers and the owner of the Clippers are coming down. Uh, but I'll send you some info on that. You have to come out for that. I would love that. And it's so it's funny because I love that it starts with like, yeah, these other little tournaments, they're fun. And then you're like, but this year. We <laughs> like, like literally it's going to be your favorite that is amazing okay so tell me a little bit about retail tainment so retail tainment is, is really a new concept that nobody has done uh although people will talk about it retail tainment usually is uh we build not a beautiful store and maybe it, it's something very engaging you might have a rock wall or whatever so we looked at it and said let's do retail tainment games and we put in a a a basketball hoop that we do shots. There's a football as a, a hula hoop up on there that you can throw a football through a hoop. Uh, you can do cornhole. You can do spin the wheel. So every customer that comes in and buys something, they get a chance to play our games to win prizes. And there's okay. a method to the madness. And so they have fun. All of a sudden, the customer comes in. They're like, you want me to do what? Oh, well, you can throw a football across the store and through this hoop and you can win socks. You can win hats. You can win a free skateboard. And they love it. So once it, cause when I'm a PE teacher or an old PE teacher, when you get people moving, they have fun. And it's like, all of a sudden kids are having fun. Adults are having fun. Let me try it. I think I can make that shot. 
And so retailtainment engages our consumer to make them have a great experience and they want to come back again. And it's a difficult thing because it's not like it's simple. It's like once you sell somebody, now you're over there playing games. You turn right. into like a and you're corralling the balls all over the place. And uh, and we have some amazing employees that that their partners, I should say, that do great work. They have fun doing it because if you can't have fun playing games at a store, uh, people are blown away that they're throwing a football across a, a retail store. Now, that we is use so fun. We use Nerf balls. So but still, we've knocked out a lot of lights, uh, a lot of, you know, pictures off the wall, whatever. Uh, but it's very engaging. So that's what started our whole retail uh, came uh, retailtainment game concept we actually had all our celebrities come in about three years ago play the same games our consumers play and they were competing and you get i don't care if you're 30 40 or 50 you start playing simple games backyard games whatever it is people get competitive because they yeah. want to win and yeah. all of a sudden they're having fun they're talking trash and that's we were like you need to take this to the whole nother level and that's why we did the the cornhole, celebrity cornhole and pickleball tournaments, just more games, more interactivity. And it's really about doing it for a cause. It's a hundred percent for charity. So hundred percent Norman's uh, foundation. And then we're also going to do real world scholars, which is uh, another group uh, that we support out here. And so it's, it's all for charity, but it's also fun. And it's not just another gala. It's not something right. but fun. You know, when they right. move their body, they hear the music, they're having fun. And, right. And it and brings joy. Like yeah, activity brings- like that brings a lot of joy. One thing that you said that caught my attention, and I, I love this, and this is so cool about you, and I've only known you for 45 minutes, but um, you you said like, oh, my the, the employees, and you said my partners rather. And I think that's really, really neat um, for a business owner or a boss or somebody that's more in that. I mean, you're in power. I mean, whether it's with this brand or brands you've been in before or whether it's um, just with any of like your connections. And I think that your humility and your joy transcends in your brand. And so even with these games and even with the people you partner with, whether they're athletes or celebrities or they're people that work in your stores or they're people that partner as investors, um, you have that heartbeat of humility and that that simple joy. And so it's so cool to when I get to meet people like that, because it's just it, it captures people and it captures people in the best way. And so I absolutely admire that about you. I'm excited that we got connected and that now we're friends and just we we know some of our circles overlap. And that's always such a fun um joy for me in this in this industry um but before we get to our write it down i love to ask some rapid fire questions i can't wait to hear your write it down okay (laughs) so i'll I'll start simple with you this um this episode was brought to you by cali strong (laughs) but okay first one is kale or spinach if you had to choose oh spinach spinach yeah finish every day in my smoothie yeah i have to go Every day I do a fruit and vegetable smoothie to start the day. So I got to go spinach. Uh, spinach. Yeah. Kale, kale. Uh, even if you make kale a chip, it's still just not, it doesn't, it doesn't do it for me. Okay. The um, least likely to live in which state in America? Ooh, which state in America? That you would be least likely to live in. Like live. Oh gosh, that's difficult. I've lived all over the country. You know that, right? I mean, my favorite is California. I've moved here to San Diego five times. So I love San Diego. So that's, so- yeah. 
would I least likely live? I've lived everywhere almost. I probably would uh, wouldn't live in North Dakota because it's very cold. I don't like cold weather. Yeah, I, I sometimes I forget about the Dakotas. Yeah, I don't think I could live there. It's definitely a far off land for me. Beautiful place, but chilly. Yeah, <laughs> I don't cold. If you had to go back to school, would you rather be in a world history class or U.S. history? Uh, U.S. history. Okay, nice. Okay, I have one or two more. Um, have mismatched socks the rest of your life or missing belt loops? Ooh, mismatched socks. I have a lot of so socks, so I have a lot of them. So someday, <laughs> ever, you know, especially when I'm around the house, I'm like, I don't care if they match. Who cares? Yeah, I, I, I don't know what it is. Yeah. What'd you say? I, I, I wear mismatch socks around the house, but, you know, usually in public, I try to have them. Try match. to match. Yeah. You know, I, I swear every time I have mismatched socks, I have to take my shoes off or something. I'm like, I normally always have like matching socks. And then it's like, oh, I'm at the airport and everybody's going to see. It doesn't matter. But I'm like, it's, it never fails me. OK, last one. Swim with sharks or walk with lions? Ooh. I'll walk with the lions because, you know, we have a whole line of Rasta product that's all about the lions. So, you know, and I have a thing on my workout machine, be a lion today. And literally, I have, I have my stickers of the lion on there. I have to show it to you. And it's yeah. like, it's a, be a lion today. So I got to walk with the lions. Walk with the lions. I would like to walk with the lions as well. Well, Jim, we are at that point of the show where I ask each guest to give the audience something to write down. What is your write it down? Ones, but I have one that you inspired me. I have, I have three of them written down. And so I'm, I'm going to need all of them. Three episodes of Jim. I'm going to yeah. give you the long one because you inspired me on this one. You said something about showing up earlier. And so that's a big thing of mine is showing up is, is half the battle. Showing up with a plan makes you unstoppable. But it's like sh literally showing up is what you have to do. And it's like it, you got to get off your butt or get started in some way. But if you show up, you're, you're halfway there. Yeah. You show up with a plan, you're unstoppable. I love it. Jim Strasser, thank you so much for joining us on the Write It Down podcast. It's been an absolute honor to host you today. Thank you. Have a great day today. Thank you for listening to the Write It Down podcast. This podcast is a part of the 1513 Network. You can catch a variety of shows on their website, 1513.com. If you enjoy listening to Write It Down, please subscribe, share with your friends, and if there's any ink left in your pen, write a review. For more content, follow the fun on Instagram by following at W-I-D-P-O-D. That spells WIDPOD. Super cool. Stands for Write It Down Podcast, but it's abbreviated to WIDPOD. Anyways, thanks for listening, and we will catch you later.